Broken trust can be healed, but it's not just time that's going to heal it. You need clear guidance about what to do and what not to do. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've developed a free video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This course will show you what's needed to begin healing after betrayal. I offer guidance for the betrayed partner as well as the partner who broke the trust. You can access it for free right now by clicking the link in the show notes. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, From Crisis to Connection. Each week on this podcast, my guests and I will give you and your loved ones resources and tools to heal from the crises of infidelity, pornography, abusive behaviors, and betrayal trauma. But we also talk about how to build and maintain healthy connection in your most important relationships. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to part two of my interview with Lisa Renda. If you haven't listened to part one, please go back to the previous episode and make sure you catch up on that. I introduced my fabulous guest, Lisa Renda, and set up the conversation about when women abuse men. And if you haven't listened to that, you really do need to. It's going to give you a lot more context for the rest of this conversation. This is a very sensitive and delicate conversation about abuse. Anytime we talk about abuse, there's going to be a lot of stories and reactions because everybody has their own personal, unique experience with it. However, we're going to talk about patterns and we're going to talk about things that we've seen as clinicians in our practice so that we can reduce suffering and help people live in healthy, connected relationships. Lisa Renda is a licensed marriage and family therapist here in St. George, Utah, and she is trained in EMDR, somatic experiencing, and she's a certified sexual addiction therapist and an AAMFT approved supervisor. And she's a great resource in our community and just so thrilled to have her on the podcast today. So let's jump into part two of my interview with Lisa Renda. Another dynamic here, I I was doing some research on this and another one that, that I hadn't thought of that I see all the time is even making unfounded accusations of infidelity. Oh, yes. Right? There's a lot of the times. And sometimes, you know, there might be based on like an incident, like, you know, I saw- There's a little bit of evidence. uh Uh-huh. Like I saw you looking at her or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of the times it, it goes to the, you know, the worst fear and it can just become, it can become so unrelenting that yes. it can make a guy look like he's unfaithful when he's really not been. Well, and and the cycle of the persistence of the pursuing mm-hmm. partner, if you will, the pursual of the, you know, trying yeah. to prove that they were unfaithful, that will create the cycle of looking like you're unfaithful mm-hmm. because you're trying to protect yourself. Yeah. And you may react in traumatized ways mm-hmm. to that, which that's a whole mess. The other thing I also see, which I'm sure you've seen in your career, is hitting it where it hurts the mm-hmm. children. Yeah. The, the, yep. Sometimes there are accusations of abusing the children. Mm-hmm. That, so that's a form of abuse where it's unfounded. There's no truth to it. But a partner who it wants to abuse a partner will accuse them of sexual abuse. It's much more believable to say the man abused the kids than it is to hear that the women abuse the kids. Oh, absolutely. Sexual or physical abuse. Right. The and that's and so damaging because, you know, it's it hard. It's impossible to prove you didn't do that. Yes. You know, and then if, and then heaven forbid the kids get pulled in if it's a false accusation. It's just, yes. it's so damaging. But there, there's also more, I think, common ways that this happens sometimes in divorces or even in intact marriages where there can be an undermining of the relationship with. Yeah. 
you know, with, with him, with his children, where parental estrangement uh-huh, yeah. or alienation, alienation or just misrepresenting or even forming alliances against, or mm-hmm. like little side digs. There's just, right. there's just so many ways we can harm our partner right. that a lot of the times are just so self-serving, but they seem justified. Mm-hmm. And, but they're, and, and it's interesting, like Stephen Stosny, one of his definitions for abuse that I really appreciate, he just basically says that like, you know, you're diminishing, you're just diminishing the reality of another person. Like yes. you're, you're tearing them down. And so obviously if you're diminishing a person by kind of the traditional physical ways right. of hurting someone, everybody would line up and go like, yeah, that's clearly breaking that person down. But right. there's thousands of ways to do that. Yeah. And you can just, like I said, it's subtle. Sometimes so it's subtle. just energy in, mm-hmm. the, in the interactions and the relationship. And that's a really hard one to name because you don't even have words to use. Sometimes yeah. it's looks and how someone seats themselves and how they move around you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, giving someone the silent treatment or icing them out yes. when, you know, when the other person's been trying to engage or talk or trying yeah. to do it in a healthy way. I mean, again, in John Gottman's research, he called that stonewalling. Right. Super toxic. Not that we can't have boundaries and right. take a break, but when there's yeah. a chronic pattern of icing someone out. Yeah. So here's a really subtle thing that just made me think about it. Like, uh-huh. because I often deal with couples where maybe one partner may be non-neurotypical or on the autism spectrum. Okay. They can appear abusive. They can be abusive if they're on the spectrum sometimes. Oh, yeah. However, one of the things I often ask people to to work with and think about with that is, I did say earlier, abuse is abuse is abuse, but really sometimes intention is where we have to, like, we have to kind of, if it's, it's, if their intent is to not diminish and they didn't know and they really, you can sense the sincerity around that. That's a signal that it's not abuse that's going to continue to be perpetuated. Right. Right. Once we've dealt with kind of the impact and sort of, you know, stop the bleeding, if you will, yes. or at least had some accountability there, yes. then those additional questions, you'll be able to tell. Yeah. If you're looking at that. Whether that or not this is going to. behind mm-hmm. the impact. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, boy, I caused harm. I never want to do that again. How do I make sure that never happens again? Yeah. Yeah. And so hopefully this is just a little sampling of, of all the ways. I mean, it's definitely not a. Not a fun topic to to discuss in terms of all the ways that, but it's important, I think, especially for men listening and, you know, obviously women here. And again, we're stereotyping a lot of this, but I think it's so important for guys to understand that like, just because it doesn't look the way maybe you think it does, mm-hmm. if your body is feeling like, I right. feel so broken down, I feel so afraid, I'm constantly checking, I'm constantly monitoring everything, I'm constantly- and overthinking. Overthinking, right? Apologizing all the time. Like, I just mm-hmm. feel- like there's so many signals that you might right. be in this situation. So mm-hmm. we probably need to talk a little bit about when addiction is involved with the partner that's being abused. So if they have a history of addiction, whether it's substance abuse or a process addiction, uh-huh. and particularly you and I deal a lot with sexual betrayal when yeah. that occurs. So even if it's just an addiction to pornography or dabbling in pornography when the partner finds that especially abhorrent. Mm-hmm. The infidelity factor of that, right? that lack of integrity factor. So that behavior may have occurred with the male partner where the male partner says, I had done this for years and I was deceptive yeah. with my substance abuse, with my process addiction or whatever. What often happens with somebody who's going through the quote recovery process of an addiction is they don't want to be tricked into their addictive thinking anymore. So they think their addictive thinking will cause them to become better than, right? So they, they really work hard on diminishing better than thoughts. Mm-hmm. And if you're a victim of abuse, you'd be thinking, well, I deserve this abuse because if I don't 
if I don't hear this, I'm not humble. Mm -hmm. And they're really on guard against lack of humility Mm -hmm. if they're in good recovery. Right, right. So this leads to a pattern of, well, my partner's traumatized. I contributed a ton to that trauma, which is true. And I should just take it no matter what it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so the beginning stages of recovery, like I have to just ride the ride. They're going to calm down eventually. Mm-hmm. And then they get stuck in that pattern. And if they have a faith practice, the faith practice perpetuates that pattern. So they really get stuck in, yeah. in this powerlessness. Mm-hmm. So helping them to step out of that is really difficult. It's hard because it's hard. Yeah, I see this all the time. And I do. I tell a lot of the guys I work with, I pretty much work with, you know, guys that have sexually betrayed and their their betrayed wives. That's, mm-hmm. that's the bulk of my practice over the years. And a lot of guys, like you're saying, will feel like they don't have a right. Right. To speak up for themselves, even when it's becoming pretty overtly abusive. Right. But even the more subtle ways, like they're overreacting and, and just the trauma responses and stuff. A lot of the times mm-hmm. they'll, they'll be reading about trauma. They'll be learning about it and they'll mm-hmm. understand like, this is all pretty normal. And, and so, yes, we do make some room for that. And it's mm-hmm. a fine line, but yeah. you're right. When it gets stuck into a pattern, at what point does a guy have permission to say, I think this is becoming really destructive. Yeah. I don't think we're going to heal if we stay in this dynamic yes. of, right, perpetrator victim all right. the time forever, even though I'm a new guy, I'm so different. I've, I've had years of, and I've seen this go on for years. Oh, I have too. Right. Yeah. Where I've, I've really changed. I'm different. And, yeah. and it's like. Yeah. And, I've had men live in relationships where he's got one half the house, she's got the other half. I know. They're still married and they're not talking. And she, if they do interact, the, so the female partner will still throw it at them after three, four, ten years. Yeah. And yeah, I, I remember one partnership where the infidelity occurred 11 years previous, and she was never going to forgive him or even move towards that. Yeah. And I said, well, if you're coming here for couples work and you want to do the work that you said you wanted to do, and they were coming to improve their parenting relationship with their adult son. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, we can't do that till you're on the same page as a couple. And if you're still beating him up for infidelity 11 years ago, she goes, oh, that's never going to happen. I'm never going to forgive him. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, he's going to go into being a victim and you can only take being a victim for so long before something destructive happens. Right. He may act out again mm-hmm. or, you know, he's just going to get depressed and suicidal or whatever, but it's never going to be a healthy, thriving relationship. Yeah. And I, and I think there has to come a point where part of, you know, I think that a lot of guys that struggle with addiction or compulsive behaviors, they've oftentimes come from family systems where they've been needless and wantless. Yes. And so they use it, they create a secret life, et cetera. Right. And so this is kind of their opportunity to start advocating to have needs and wants that I are talk different. talk about that a lot. I, one of my favorite yeah. people is Pia Melody. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know her. Oh, yeah. Her, but I teach the five core symptoms of codependence from Pia, yeah. even though it's been around for over 20, 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. When I give them that framework, someone who's been abused, can yeah. all, they take those five core symptoms, even though codependence is even thought of as maybe an outdated term. Sure. I don't really think of those five core symptoms as codependency. No. I look at those five core symptoms like, how do I maintain healthy balance in my relationships? Right. And having some self-advocacy, yes. right? Having the ability to show up and represent. Right. And one of the five right. core symptoms is taking care of your adult, healthy needs and wants. Right, right. like, I don't even know what that is. (laughs) And just because you've made mistakes or you hurt your partner doesn't mean, and especially if you're choosing to stay together. Yes. I mean, that's the qualifier there. It's like, okay, if you've made mistakes and the consequences, the relationship's going to terminate. 
then you probably can't ask much from them or you'll right. have to go through your attorneys right. or whatever. But if you're a co-parenting, you still have to try to do the best you can. Definitely in that situation. Yeah. And if you're going to stay together, there does have to come a, a tipping point where the relationship has room for both people's input and mm -hmm. experiences and impact. Yes. And that's a fine line. I don't know exactly what it is for every couple. That's a very customized thing. But the principle is that you can evolve into an abusive dynamic where mm. one person is kept basically in this yes. perpetual doghouse yes. and totally unable to escape because of patterns and stuff that were totally hurtful. Yes. But if there's no redemption, there's the no past. way out, there, then- You can't be living in the past. No. There is a present now and the present has to be- Especially if the work's been done. If the work's not been done, then there's yeah. some feedback. Do right. the work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but if yes. the work's been done, then... That, and that's a scary thing. And I have a lot of compassion like you do for betrayed partners. It's very scary to like yeah. open this back up. But right. I know I, I, read, I read some time ago, David Brooks talked about in the civil rights movement, some of the early leaders in mm -hmm. the 40s and 50s were so concerned that the oppressed would become the oppressor. They worried about that. They warned. They said, look, you are being oppressed now. Mm -hmm. but someday we're afraid that we'll gain so much power and influence that we can then start right. oppressing. Right. And that's always a dynamic with people that have been right. in the one down victimized position, exactly. betrayed and it's, partners. It's going to happen. You have to understand that to bring balance back, there has to be a switch to the oppressive side for a little while yes. so that the the emotion and the energy around the mm -hmm. pain can be expressed. That's but if it gets critical. stuck there, exactly, that's what we're talking about. Right. That's where it can become impossible to... Relate as equals and to connect. Yes. So I agree. There has to be some swing. There has, has to tip over. And then there's a settling. It's actually a necessary step, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, breaking it out really of it. really has to happen. Yeah, you have to break the dynamic. Right. So, Absolutely. But you look at, the, like we said, the intensity, the duration, yeah. and the how long, third factor, forget what it, but you know. <laughs> it's in there. We talked about yes. it. <laughs> so, so let's talk about what, what guys can do. If, if a guy feels, if he's listening to this and he's mm -hmm. just like, oh my goodness, I really feel like I'm being abused, but I, right. I'm going to look like a jerk. I'm going to be blamed. I have a lot of shame around this because guys aren't supposed to be, our guys aren't supposed to be hurt by women. Right. I mean, where does a guy start with something like this, Lisa? I had a list of a couple of really great, great reads that I often refer to. First okay. one is Facing Codependence by Pia Melody. She's got a couple other books called, uh, two other books she wrote about in dynamics. Mm -hmm. Patrick Carnes trauma bonding book, what's it called? It's breaking free of I'm blanking on the name too. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> I wrote it down yeah. before it came. Patrick Carnes has written about trauma bonding. There's a really good book by Ken Adams called mm -hmm. Men uh, When He's Married to Mom. When he's married to mom. Yeah. And I love that book. That explains a dynamic with any parent, which will help you understand how you got in that abuse cycle and help you understand what abuse looks like. Because if he explains so carefully yeah. the emotional manipulation part, which I think is what men really get stuck on, is understanding that emotional ma manipulation. And that can happen with a male parent, a female parent. If you had that background, you're not going to see it in your day-to-day -day relationship as clearly. And I think Ken Adams does a great job teaching on that. Yeah. Um, there's another one that Jennifer Findlayson and Fife likes to promote a lot called No More Mr. Nice Guy. It's mm -hmm. Robert Glover's book. It's, yeah, it's a little bit uh -huh. older. That might be a good explanation for understanding boundaries, limits, getting your getting your own self together so you don't, you know, you're not the justifier of all your behaviors, but Right. that might be helpful. I think the main thing is understanding how to feel your feelings, mm -hmm. emotionally regulate, and often that starts with some body awareness. So. Right. When I run a men's group, we're always doing 
some Tai Chi, some basic yoga, believe mm-hmm. it or not, no matter how old they are or how yep. unflexible. Yep. There's all, um, yep. And it's my favorite thing to do is watch men get comfortable in their bodies. Mm-hmm. And we process the work. So we'll we'll do that movement and then we'll discuss how was your experience today? And they're like, fine. I'm like, oh, you don't get away with fine. You got to tell me more. And often I'm hearing things like, I didn't like how my body performed. I was trying to get it to perform. And I'm like, you couldn't just be with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So body awareness really leads to emotional awareness. Emotional awareness leads to better regulation. Better regulation leads to the ability to set boundaries. Right. I love that sequence. And so let's break that down one more time. You can't really even acknowledge or admit or recognize what abusive patterns may be going on Mm -hmm. if you haven't slowed down enough to even let your body speak to you. Absolutely. Right. And men aren't taught to do that. We're not. And men, so the, a lot of women aren't taught to do that. For sure. People and, in general. That's right. And yeah. And, and so today, obviously, we're targeting this a little bit toward men. So like for a guy to slow down, I know that even just pausing and breathing, even as a simple thing, you can do that right now while you're listening to this and, and notice right. what your body feels. But it's scary because stuff yeah. comes up. Right. Stuff comes up. Yeah. Like a good example of that is I had a client with addiction mm-hmm. and- has done tons of treatment. The addiction had been really persistent and he was convinced he was not ever going to really manage this. And he had a, a bit of a drive to get into my office every day and was stressed driving. Driving caused him stress. So every time he'd arrive in my office, I'd see the energy and the stress and I would just be like, how do you feel right now? Oh, I think I'm a little stressed, but he didn't know he was stressed. How did you feel driving down here? Oh my gosh. I was like hypervigilant. I was checking everything on the road. I was checking to see if there was a cop or, you know, or I had road rage or I'm like, wow. Yes. Driving takes a lot out of your body. Did you know that? And we talk about those mm-hmm. things and that awareness, just the shift of like how often we drive and what happens during our driving experience helped him to become a lot more body aware, which he realized then translated into how do I wake up in the morning? How do I feel? Yeah. How do I feel at the end of the day? How mm-hmm. do I interact with my kids? And that present moment awareness is crucial. Right. Yeah. And so, so getting to that is, you know, there are some really formal practices around mindfulness, meditation, mm-hmm. breathing, right. like you said, yoga, Tai Chi, there's different ways to get into our bodies as guys. And then mm-hmm. from there, the emotions and the awareness start to come up. And that's the mm-hmm. part you don't want to ignore. And well, that's where that, usually when they get better at that, they'll start to dip into it. Mm-hmm. A lot of men that I work with, they'll start to dip into feeling that and then they'll want to move away from it. Yep, exactly. In my office a couple days ago, I heard the exact phrase of like, I know what to do and I know how to do it. I just don't want to do it because I'm overwhelmed all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> like, welcome to feeling. Right. It requires a commitment. It requires some Yes, because decisions. that's when the boundaries start to happen. Yeah. It's like you, re- you have it in your face now that you have yeah. critical decision making that's going to take a lot yeah, of strength you, and support. You can't unsee it. You can't, you have to respond to it Yes. or you go back into and you, denial. And I think this is a critical piece mm-hmm. where support. So you, you might have the awareness yep. and you might start feeling your feelings mm-hmm. and you have no support. Yeah. Who do I talk to? If I'm used to talking to a religious leader, you may or may not have support. If I'm used to talking to my friends, they probably aren't going to get it. And if you're being discouraged by, again, I'm, we're speaking to guys and, mm-hmm. and you know, if, if you're being discouraged by your wife or girlfriend or partner to not connect and get support from other guys, mm-hmm. red flag, uh-huh. right? Like we need, need men. to talk to other guys and get that support because, yes. you know, we oftentimes don't have the words and sometimes hearing someone else's yeah. experience can signal you like, oh. You have to oh. have the right guys who mm-hmm. get it. 
And that's hard to find sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Guys who maybe understand that experience. Mm -hmm. So you might have to go to a therapy group Mm -hmm. or a 12 step group or somewhere, you know, hunt online. Where there's men doing the same kind of work. Exactly. Yes. And there it's out there. It's getting more and more popular. I attend a weekly men's group. Do you? I do. Every Thursday night. It's online. And it's just a general men's share group where we just talk about what's going on. That's beautiful. And I love it. It's a huge part of my week. And um, I love that that resource is available. And I yeah. recommend that for any absolutely. man in my practice. Yeah, absolutely. Men, we need men. and Really do. And it's hard sometimes in your natural support network. You may look at guys at work or other people around you and your family. And you'd be like, oh, how can I start these conversations? Well, there's groups of guys gathering yeah. who already want to do this. Right. There's a national organization. I forget what it's called. Uh, that's a men's group for, for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the same Every man. Yes. So every man, I've right. I've done those groups, I, and then I'm I'm part of Man Talks. There's there's different mm-hmm. groups out there, and uh, Order a Man. I've I've seen lots of different ones popping up where guys right. can get together and connect. Yes. And it's it's one of important. my dreams is to have a man shack. You know, like <laughs> in town it. where like men just come and congregate and like yeah, there's stuff to do. Yeah. And they can do stuff side by side and hang out. I and, love it. You know, we've like, lost us so much. Well, community. you know, like I think I we have. Like I, I, yeah. I get jealous of like the uh, English pubs because men can go hang out in a pub yeah. <laughs> and do the trivia thing. But uh-huh. We have to have places for men to connect, for men to gather. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this topic, I, I hope that just as you've listened today and and thought about this, one is that acknowledging that it's possible that mm-hmm. men can be abused and that. Even if even if things are starting to feel like, uh, oh, this feels really toxic or unhealthy, for you to reach out and get support, pay attention to what your body's telling you, your emotions. Right. Ask someone for help, you know, tune into a professional, do some research on it, see if you can understand it, and then ultimately have the courage to speak up about it. Right. And even if you've made mistakes, even if you've done things that have been damaging, own that, but also own right. the impact on you. And it's it gets messy, but I think the biggest indicator of change in our society when when this gets normalized for men is that the bathroom stalls will have the posters about the signs of abuse. <laughs> if you go into a woman's stall in a public place in an airport, yeah. some other larger venues will have a poster on the inside door of the bathroom about this is what abuse looks like. Yeah, I've never seen one of those in a men's bathroom. A pro- have you yeah. ever seen one in general? No. Right. They, they don't, you don't see them. You see I'm, them in women's bathrooms. Right. They and just so, barely started putting ta- changing tables in yes, men's exactly. bathrooms. So now we've got to get to the next level. Yeah. So, so this is the signs of abuse. <laughs> if you need help, here's the hotline yeah. number. I mean, it would be lovely if we did that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Bathrooms. And there's so much there's so much stigma and shame around men right. seeking help, even yes. just in general, but yes. especially for something like and this. And that would normalize it just a tiny bit so men could go, oh, that happens to guys. Right. We want safe relationships. We want safe families. And we recognize that it's easy to get into a giant blame game and it's not helpful. Mm-hmm. We just, we want people to have peace at home right. and to be in their bodies and safe. Right. And the best thing that you'll get yeah. by reaching out and getting help, whether it's online or in-person therapy, however you choose to do it, is that you'll get some tools for learning yep. how to protect yourself, Yep. how to disentangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of times we don't have the words Yes. We don't know what to say. And so or then the, oftentimes nothing happens. Or the actions happens. we take might seem extreme. Mm-hmm. And we're not used to being extreme in it. Yeah. And when you're dealing with extreme behavior or when you're dealing with behavior that's repetitive over time, you have to take maybe something, a step that feels extreme and you need support for that. Oh, it will for sure. Because other people who don't understand the process will be like, well, that was kind of a crazy move. Especially because so much of it happens behind closed doors. Exactly. So it looks crazy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
So Lisa, you're awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell my audience what you have going on, where they can find you, what yes. you're offering. I work for Sequoia Integrative Counseling. We do online therapy and we do in-person counseling here in Southern Utah. We specialize in couples with betrayal, trauma, addiction issues, and trauma in general. Our, all of our therapists are EMDR trained, and I am a specialist in somatic psychotherapy. So we find that those processes really help. We're running a men's group with my co-therapist, Ben Reinsmith. We're both marriage and family therapists. And that begins June 16th on Tuesday evenings. I think it's the 16th. I have to get the date correct. Tuesday evenings, 530 to 730. We're going to do things that men don't typically do together. We're going to do some body awareness, some stretching, some yoga, some Tai Chi, maybe some wilderness experience. Ben is a previous wilderness guide. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so, and I, I've done wilderness therapy too. So. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's so, fantastic. So we'll bring that element experientially to men and then... That will give them the experience of talking about the relationships yep. and all the different aspects of things about emotional regulation, identifying and feeling your feelings. And yeah, so that's where you can find mm, me, www.sequoiaintegrative.com. There's a Q in Sequoia, S-E-Q-U-O-I-A. We'll put it in the show notes so people don't have to yeah, spell it. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I chose that name because even though Sequoias aren't native to Southern Utah or Utah, they're in a beautiful tree with that withstand the test of time. Oh yeah. They're really old and their root systems support each other. And that's the that's a basis of what oh, I want I to grow it. in my community is developing root systems where we support each other. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I've been to the Redwood National Forest and that was life changing. They are overwhelming it's trees. Incredible. They're awesome. <laughs> so that's a great, great They're image. dudes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much for being yes, here. Thank and you. thanks for all the great work you're doing in our community and Appreciate elsewhere. It. Same to you. I'm really yeah. grateful that we have you as a resource, Jeff. Hopefully we can have you back sometime. Thank you. Yes. You can learn more about Lisa Renda and the great work that she's doing here in our community on her website, sequoiaintegrative.com. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. If you can't spell Sequoia, which is hard for me to spell. And just want to thank Lisa for the great work that she's doing for clients. She's just is such a great person and has so much training and compassion. And what a great resource for our community. Thank you, Lisa. And if you want to download my free guide for how to end marriage arguments, you can visit my website at fromcrisistoconnection.com and download that today. Thanks for listening every single week. Your feedback and your involvement makes the biggest difference in the world. It just helps so much. And as always, we'd love for you to leave a review and a rating so that other people can find this life-changing information. Thanks for being a part of this podcast, and I'll catch you in the next episode.